Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. That doesn't sound like it's very smart, but okay. Um, thank you, Gary. It's 7:35 on this Wednesday morning. It's the 24th day of January 2024. I'm John Reed, and glad you're with us here on News Radio. WRVA. Uh, wasn't that interesting to hear the protests against Joe Biden? Did I miss that yesterday? Did Jeff cover that yesterday? I was kind of in and out of Jeff's show yesterday. I, 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 I'm, you know, I'm not home to hear the whole show from three to six. I'm kind of like you. I'm driving around doing stuff and had meetings. And <clears throat> I had a speech last night with a really nice group of women. Um, who are political activists in Henrico. And, you know, they said, oh, can you come speak for 30 minutes? And um, I guess I'm awful. (laughs) I looked up, and it had been 90 minutes. Not me just talking, but they were asking questions. (laughs) And, and, you know, I try to read the faces of people like, I got to go to the bathroom, or this chair is uncomfortable, and I am tired of you. Get off the stage. And I don't know. I didn't sense that. And they kept asking questions. But then I realized, all right, I got to go home and go to bed. I got I got this. I got the show in the morning. So thank you to the uh, women in Rico who invited me uh, to to speak last night. And I heard part of Jeff's show, which was really interesting. Some of the horrible bills coming up in the General Assembly that, um, yeah, I think these things just kind of slide under the radar. Unless there's a reporter down there or an activist who's monitoring what's happening and can get the information to us. I mean, who else is going to cover it? Who else? You think the Times-Dispatch is going to cover it? Eh, eh, probably not. Probably some of this DEI stuff, some of the racial issues. You know, there's a new bill that I've got to talk about at some point, which you know, I don't like it when people pick on unpopular groups. So, you know, I get it. A lot of you hate the Confederacy. You never read anything about the Confederacy other than Confederacy bad, United States of America good. And look, I'm proud to be an American. So it's not like I'm trying to reopen the wounds of the Civil War. But there's a lot. There's a reason so many thousands of books have been written about the Civil War, because there's a lot to say about how we got into that mess. And I quite frankly think we're headed in that direction in our own day. But, you know, the Confederacy, they're the easy people to pick on. Hell, they they firebombed the United Daughters of the Confederacy building on uh, Arthur Ashe Boulevard. Nobody had anything to say about it except me and Jeff, I guess. I mean, everybody else acted like that was, we're not going to talk about it or that was okay. And, and I'm sitting here thinking, you firebombed a library with a bunch of historic relics in it, and nobody in this town cares? Is that... I, I mean, I wouldn't tolerate that if it was... I don't care what the group is. 
it gets firebombed and nobody cares. Nobody comes to their defense. Nobody stands up for them. So you firebomb them in 2020, and now down at the Capitol, they want to take away their not-for-profit status. So, I mean, it's like a chair. There's a bunch of ladies who wear little ribbons. And, I mean, I, I've been to their meetings. I go, you know, I was curious about this, too. And when I'm curious, I don't just stand here and complain about it on the radio. I march on down and say, hey, can I come into one of your meetings? They let me into one of their meetings. They they did the Pledge of Allegiance to the U.S. flag. They sang the national anthem. I was like, okay, this isn't some secret uh, uh, the South will rise again and take over America thing. This is people who actually had family members who died in the Civil War who want to commemorate the death of their family members and the fact that virginia i know it's hard for everybody to conceive of now just like it's hard to conceive of a marriage that is that is uh, a pure and lasts for 50 years <laughs> nobody nobody seems to be able to pull that off anymore it's hard to conceive of a state feeling like that is your country that's that's your affinity i mean people move all the time i've lived all over the country a lot of you have moved from New York and New Hampshire and New Jersey to, to Virginia. I don't expect you to say, oh, Virginia is my homeland. I mean, I don't expect you to behave that way because it's just a different situation now. But maybe you should pause and instead of condemning these women who actually take pride in their ancestors and they take pride that they've had five or ten generations of people living here in Virginia, before you condemn them, maybe you should try to understand them. Well, they're trying to strip their not-for-profit status. At the Capitol. And okay, I'm sure some of you will say, to heck with it, it's fine. They were, re- they were rebels. So take their not-for-profit status. But I want to warn you, you be careful. Guess who they're coming for next? And I'm not making this up. Some Democrats in America have already said, the churches shouldn't have not-for-profit status. Oh, no, wait a minute. Now it's a little personal, huh? You and your church could lose that. And then what do you do? Then all the things that you do in your church, hopefully good things for the community, suddenly that doesn't count anymore because a group of leftists decide that the church shouldn't have the not-for-profit status? Or do they decide that the Boy Scouts shouldn't have not-for-profits? I'm on the board of the Boy Scouts. I'm trying to support the Boy Scouts, save the Boy Scouts. Somebody get to decide to strip them because they're unpopular, some social position. They take. you know, you got to be careful about this. They go for the unpopular people first and beat them up and take the lunch money from the unpopular kid, but they're coming for you next, and I just think everybody should be aware of that. Don't applaud when other people are mistreated because they could come for you. 741, I want to talk to Bob Morris. It's been a while since we talked to Bob. You know, Bob is a VMI grad, the Virginia Military Institute uh, and United States, U.S. Army, right, Bob? Uh, yes, sir. U.S. Army, overseas, in a lot of places that we probably can't even talk about on the radio. The guy's seen a lot of stuff in his life, and he comes back and loves VMI. And it's been a contentious relationship. He's He's been the advisor to the uh, cadet newspaper at VMI, which has uh, been critical of some of the decisions that have been made at the command level at VMI. And Bob's been just beaten up constantly. And it looks to me like some of the criticism you offered to VMI, you've been vindicated lately. Walk walk me through what's happened, Bob. And good morning. Uh, good morning. And thanks for, for having me on. Oh, sure. And actually giving me the opportunity to, to clear up the record on some things. Okay. Uh, 
First, I, I need to set the record straight to dispel, dispel some misinformation that BMI and others have put out. Um, my my LLC, the Center for Applied Innovation, filed a lawsuit against uh, BMI, mm-hmm. and the lawsuit was for some improper uh, procurement activities trying to steer a contract to a procured vendor. Okay, it was a DEI training contract. Oh boy! But the lawsuit the lawsuit was not to stop DEI at BMI. It was because of contracting improprieties. So. Um, you know, BMI raised a bunch of preliminary challenges trying to get out of the lawsuit. They got dismissed. And uh, then, you know, when they faced going to court to, for this to be see, uh, reviewed on the merits of the case, they suddenly decided they were to cancel the contract. Hmm. So um, BMI represented to the court that they would not award a contract under the RFP until after the civil case was, was resolved. When they made that representation to the court, what we found out was VMI had already awarded a contract to that selected contractor for a smaller portion of the training. So um, Virginia Lawyers Weekly covered it this week, and they said, here's a quote, CAI failed uh, filed a succession of motions for sanctions based on VMI's inaccurate and false representations to the court. The court sanctioned VMI and the Board of Visitors for their improper misconduct. Mm. Okay. Uh, you know, that, that's, that doesn't that, happen that's what, often, I don't think. I, I, no, it's, it's, very, it's very rare. Okay. And so, you know, I, I as a VMI alumnus, you know, you, you don't lie, cheat, or steal, or tolerate those who do. So um, we went in and asked for, uh, for a, uh, you know, for sanctions. Now, let me give you some stuff that the court said so that, People don't think I'm making this up. All right. Well, just remember, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm running on time here, so just keep it tight. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Yeah. So, um, you know, here is the attorney general from the attorney general's office, the rep there, came in, and he was surprised that he knew that VMI had done this. VMI's in-house lawyer who lives in Lexington never answered the question if he knew. Mm. Okay. Never answered that question. Now, here's what the judge said. Someone at VMI knew that this was going on, knew the negotiations, communications, offers to provide services, and desires on the part of VMI to receive the services. The entire point of the lawsuit, and in some of the briefs and stuff, counsel said VMI persists in seeking to escape escape liability for its malfeasance based on alleged technicalities rather than addressing the matter on its merits. Hmm. VMI knew this stuff was going on. So, you know, John, the question really is, you know, I've, I've fulfilled my moral obligation. I'll never get, you know, other than the small sanction, I'll never get my money, all my money back on this. But the question this raises is, if those responsible aren't held account- accountable by the BOB, the Attorney General, somebody... How can a cadet at VMI be dismissed for an honor court violation? I think it's a legitimate question. Uh, and, and has anybody paying attention at the Capitol since they're down there, since everybody is gathered? Is, is Yeah, I mean, it just seems, look, I got a problem with DEI at all these schools, and we're going to keep talking about it because I'm going to do everything I can to drive DEI out of Virginia. It's a bad policy. It's hurting a lot of good people, white and black. And, and I'm, while I've got the opportunity, I'm going to speak against it. 
But this is a specific case where you would think somebody at the Capitol, from the governor's office to, to the legislature, would say, what is going on at VMI? they got a problem there. Um, there's an attitude problem, first of all, that they don't respect the legislature and the law and the governor. I think that's the first issue. Uh, even if I disagree with some of the decisions they're making, this is just an, another example of kind of running over people that they've decided um, they don't like, I think. Well, you're, you're right, John. And you know, here's what my lawyer said in court. Uh, you know, this is supposed to be one of the most honorable institutions in America. If a student did what they did, they would be expelled. Yeah. yeah okay? I mean, yeah. whether what, no matter what you think about DEI one way or the other, you know, I know a lot of people out there have different opinions. Mm. You know, somebody went to court in front of a court of law and made false representations. Okay? And it wasn't just they that didn't they didn't know. know. Right, Bob. It wasn't they just knew. that the, there was a miscommunication or they weren't fully briefed. It, you think it was very deliberate? Well, the judge's words were: "Someone at VMI knew that this was going on." Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. So even the judge saw that somebody knew. I mean, how do you do a contract from an institution, any institution, where nobody knows? Yeah. Some you of know, these guys get like, on cruise control and they decide what they want is what they want. And then that causes them to break the law. I mean, I, honestly, I think we saw that with Mayor Stoney in Richmond, where he decided to hell with you, to hell with the law. My lawyer's telling me that I'm breaking the law, and I still don't care. I'm just going to do what I want. And you know what? I applaud you for standing up and holding people accountable, because in this type of society, that's what you got to do to maintain dignity and order um, and the rule of law that's fair for people. Bob Morris. I appreciate the chance to talk to you, Bob. Talk again soon. Well, thanks. Thank you. Seven forty-eight. We're back with more in a moment on News Radio WRVA. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 